You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Fast Talk, Street Talk, Mike Graham. Fighting the good fight with all his might. Providing a welcome dose of common sense for the common people. Solid Talk, Hot Talk. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Online on DAB+, Talk Radio and Talk TV. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. So, uh, we are in a new era, ladies and gentlemen, again. I can't remember how many new eras we've been in over the last few weeks, but it seems like quite a few. Uh, This may be the final one, though. Uh, Rishi Sunak takes up uh, the handles of the Prime Minister's uh, suitcase this morning uh, and decides that he is now the next Prime Minister uh, for the foreseeable future. I don't know how much longer uh, the Tories have got in office. I would say I'll give them till about the summer before there's some kind of general election forced because they won't be able to get through whatever it is that they want to get through. The programme which was invented in 2019, Rishi Sunak tells us, he's now going to carry out in 2022 and into 2023. Now, call me old-fashioned, but that's nearly four years ago, right? Now, I don't think you should be working to a plan that you made four years ago. Imagine what you were doing four years ago. Imagine what ambitions you had four years ago. Imagine what you were paying for things four years ago. Imagine what you thought you could do with your life four years ago that you didn't do. We're going to talk to Susan Hall this morning, Chair of the Police and Crime Committee at the London Assembly, of course. Uh, a very, very loyal Tory MP, uh, sorry, loyal uh, Tory Assembly member, somebody who defends the Tory party, the like of which you've never seen before. And I don't have a problem with that. I think defending things is good. I think being loyal is good. I don't care who's in the Cabinet at this point. I'm looking down the pictures of people like uh, Dominic Raab, Jeremy Hunt, Ben Wallace, James Cleverley, Suala Braverman, uh, Oliver Dowden, Nadim Zahawi, Therese Coffey, Grant Shapps, Penny Morden, Mel Stride. doesn't really matter. I'm not interested in Labour's accusations of a lack of integrity. I don't care who's in charge of the Home Office, quite frankly, as long as they get the job done. And the job that is needing to be done this morning, and we're going to talk about it a lot, is to secure the borders of this country, to stop illegal immigration, and to get to grips with crime-ridden Britain. We're going to talk to you this morning about the Ilford shootings, where a man appears to have been running around wearing a Joker mask, killing people with a handgun. We're also going to talk about an incredible piece of video footage that we're going to show you from a motorway in North Wales where men in a BMW appear to uh, completely close off access for a van. They make the, uh, uh, the van driver stop, they jump out of the BMW and they start attacking the van. This is lawless Britain, ladies and gentlemen. There's another terrible story uh, of an old age uh, couple, an old pair of pensioners, a woman killed by a gambling addict completely at random in her own home. 
There is an outbreak of crime in this country, the like of which we have never seen. The police need to get to grips with it. The Home Secretary needs to get to grips with it. The government needs to get to grips with it. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. I don't care what they say they're going to do. I want to know what they are actually doing. And that, I think, is the question that most of you want answering this morning. 0344 499 1000 is the number. Rishi Sunak can talk a good game all he likes. He can talk about compassion. He can talk about integrity. He can talk about fixing mistakes that were made. But in the end, he will be judged by what he does. And the sooner he gets to grips with what he does, the better. That is my message to Rishi Sunak. And quite frankly, Prime Minister's questions, which is coming up later on today, it will be of no consequence at all if all he does is issue platitudes. We want action. We want it quick. We want it now. Let's do it. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Welcome to the home of common sense. Welcome to the home of free speech, the place where you do hear the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, and where we also care about what you think, because we want to hear from you. 0344 499 1000 is the number, of course. Tell us what you want to have done in your own community. Tell us how difficult or easy it is uh, to access police officers. Tell us how difficult or easy it is for you to access healthcare, medicine, doctors. We can give a message very, very quickly to the politicians that run this country. And as I said to Julie Hartley Brewer, the most important thing they need to know is that they work for us. We do not work for them. They need to sort out this problem uh, in this country, which is crime, uh, which is immigration, and at the very least, the NHS. Those are the three main priorities I think most people would have. Let's talk to Susan Hall uh, and see if she agrees with me. Susan, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. I'm sorry. I'm a bit fired up this morning, Susan, so do forgive me. I mean, the thing is, right, all of this rubbish that the Labour Party are pumping out about integrity and whether Suella Braverman should be rehired, forget about all that. Let's just get on with a job, shall we? Yes, absolutely. And to add to that list that you've just read out, which I completely agree with, the cost of living. Yes. Um, All of those things are important. I think the only thing that the Labour lot could do was have a go at uh, Suella Braverman. Um, because, to be fair, the rest of the choices for the uh, Cabinet are good. I actually like Suella Braverman. I think she's got balls, quite frankly. She wants to sort out immigration, which is why we were elected, one of the very many reasons we were elected last time. Uh, And we certainly need to sort out crime. Look at it in London at the moment. Although, of course, Sadiq Khan is the Police and Crime Commissioner. He's been in charge for six years now, uh, and the Met have been placed uh, under special measures in, um, under his watch. Yes. And we're reading about this incident in Ilford where two people were shot dead. Um, we're told it was some kind of gang war. We're now told this morning that a very interesting detail that one of the people seen running away appeared to be wearing a Joker's mask. I mean, you know, this is unbelievable what's going on in the streets of, 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 of Britain. I know. I think it, gang crime is a real issue. It really is. And we've got to get to grips with it. There's no doubt about it. I have mentioned it to um, Sadiq Khan in the past. The only thing I will say is that the police are quite good at finding murderers. So let's hope the people that uh, have committed these crimes this time are caught. But I mean, in general, it's got to be stopped. The the government have given Sadiq Khan an extra four and a half thousand officers. So that should make a difference. But quite frankly, Mike, 200 officers a day, and this is from Mark Rowley, 
200 officers a day are distracted from where they're supposed to be to police this and um, stop mm. the oil uh, well, exactly right. I mean, I say this all the time to people who defend these uh, Just Stop Oil campaigners. When they say, oh, they're, they're really, really fighting for a good cause. Well, no, they are wasting police resources at a very valuable time when police should be investigating crime. Yes, that's right. I mean, colleagues of mine who have been out with their local officers, the local officers are getting very fed up because they're never up to the numbers they should be because they're forever being distracted into London uh, dealing with these these wretched protesters. Mm, exactly right. And there's another story this morning uh, where a man was jailed, actually. Frida and Ken Walker. Uh, he broke into their home. She's 86 years old. Uh, she's five foot two inches t- uh, tall. She was hogtied. Um, she was covered in blood, had two black eyes, as well as bruises on her faces. On her face. I mean, just incredible. Some guy called Vasil Coolio, 34, uh, was thousands of pounds in debt, having lost hundreds on fixed odds betting terminals. He broke into their home to steal their life savings. You know, so people are being attacked in their own homes by no. these scumbags. There's no other word for them. Um, people need protecting from this, don't they? Well, they do, and they need stronger sentences. The, the thing is, once the police capture these people, the, the fear is that they'll go in and get a very very light sentence mm. which doesn't happen at all then they're back on the streets again and the police will then have to deal with them then so you know i mean the whole thing needs to be grasped i i agree with you completely mm. i do think braverman has uh, you know is capable of doing that which has just got to be given yeah. a short amount of time and what can she do, for example, in your speciality area, of course, is London. Um, we've all seen that incredible piece of video of Sadiq Khan claiming that London is a much safer place than it used to be, despite the fact that shooting uh, incidents have gone up, despite the fact that possession of knives has gone up, despite the fact that, you know, stabbings have gone up. And he re- continues to deny the fact that London is a much more dangerous place now than it used to be. I know. Knife crime's up 10%, I think. Um, it, violence is up 7%. I mean, he hasn't got a clue. And actually, it is down to him. The police have given him a lot more money. Mm. And as I say, four and a half thousand more uh, officers. There are more officers now in the Met than I think there has ever been. Mm. Um, So, you know, he needs to he needs to get things sorted out in London. That's the job of the police and crime commissioner. And what should he be doing? Because let's I mean, this is, you know, I, I started the show by saying, let's talk about what we can do, actual actions that can happen. What can we do? Um, well, the Violence Reduction Unit, um, he puts millions and millions into it. We've had um, the people in charge of that in front of our committee, and they haven't got any specific targets. They, I think, mind you, I would say it's a Labour view that you just throw money at something and that will make it mm. better. That That's not the answer. We all know that. We need to look into how to deal with these crimes. We need to... Um, really look at the uh, courts to see if we can get them through the court system quicker and given uh, more string, more stringent mm-hmm. um, sentences, uh, yeah. sentences for it. Um, and we need to send the message out that we're not going to put up with this. I believe stop and search is, has been reduced. Well, that's no good. I'm mm-hmm. a massive supporter of stop and search. Um, the amount of weapons they get off the street when they do it. Also, it must be a slight deterrent for people going out providing they get the proper sentence if they're caught carrying a mm. knife 
Well, exactly right. Because you do worry now, don't you, when you're out and about, and I imagine this happens to people all over the country, not just in London, that, you know, if there is something that you see which doesn't look right or you see some dodgy-looking characters coming your way, you know, whereas in the old days you might not have been too worried, now you're thinking, have they got a gun? Have they got a knife? You know, is there some way uh, that we can stop the distribution of knives or the distribution of guns? Well, as I say, stop and search is is a massive help there because it must be a deterrent. Mm. Um, so that's something um, longer sentences I would absolutely approve of um, and teaching kids in schools how wrong this is but mm. local local policing does is effective and does work the more uh, the PCSOs that lots of people used to call plastic cops I, I, I never thought that was right I thought they were good they used to get to know people in an area um, and certainly when we've got um, gangs and things like that if you've got a good local team but of course people from the local teams keep being taken away to deal with these protesters. Mm. And it makes a huge difference. It really does. It really does. Absolutely right. We're going to show you a video. Um, we're going to take a little break in a moment, Susan. We're going to show you a video, you may not have seen it, uh, of an incredible sort of car chase that looks as though it's like something out of, you know, one of those Fast and Furious movies, right? Uh, this is on, uh, I think it's the A50 up in North Wales, where three men in a BMW appear to be chasing a guy in a white van. Now, the suggestion from the court case that followed this is that this was some kind of drug-related incident. And the problem with, with, uh, with this kind of behaviour is that, you know, there are ordinary people driving on this road. It's a, it's a public road. It's, you might not know it. I've, I've used it many times. It goes from sort of Chester to Llandudno across the north coast of Wales. And it's quite a busy road. These people are driving around on it as if they're making a film. Like stunt drivers, right? You see this. You see the car pulling in front of the van. You see uh, people trying to get out, and then the white van driver goes around them. Uh, they then keep chasing him, and then they stop in front of him. He tries to go around them again. I mean, if you're dry, there's a guy falling out of the car. I mean, this is literally like watching the Wild West, isn't it? Oh, it's appalling, isn't it? I haven't seen this before. It's absolutely. I mean, appalling. this is happening on a public road in the middle of the day, right? Yeah. Can you imagine if you were in a car behind with young children yeah. with you? All yeah. you'd want to do is to protect those the children with you. I mean, it's just shocking. Yeah, it the really is. It does seem to be getting worse and worse. It really does. Well, because apart from the fact, you see here they're sort of trying to cut the van off altogether. And, I mean, you see this kind of thing all the time. And I have sympathy with the ordinary rank-and-file police officers who are trying to do their jobs. But let's just think about this for a moment. We'll come back to you uh, because I want to take a proper um, sort of sounding from what you've seen and what you've heard going on. But this video, to me, sums up the state of modern Britain today where people don't care about getting arrested, they don't mind getting caught, and they are completely and utterly lawless. And many of them are uh, f coming from these Albanian drug gangs which need to be stopped. Susan Hall, stay with us one second. We'll be right back. Chair of the Police and Crime Committee in London. This is the home of common sense. It's Talk TV. The home of common sense, talk radio and talk TV. Right now at B&Q, get three for two on all coloured emulsion, including paint mixing, and four for three on laminate and luxury vinyl click flooring. Make home feel like yours. See it, hear it, think it. Talk radio and talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. We're talking to Susan Hall, Chair of the Police and Crime Committee at the London Assembly. Um, of course, uh, Sadiq Khan runs the London Assembly, uh, if that's what you could call it. He doesn't run it terribly well. Uh, we've been talking about the terrible crime situation. Uh, I've just been handed a Home Office um, press release here that says over 50,000 female police officers now in forces following unprecedented recruitment drive. Uh, I guess we're all 
very happy about more police being recruited, Susan. But um, does it matter whether they're male or female? I don't think it matters when they're in the middle of a, a, a scene just as the one that you've just shown and they're having to deal with it. Right. Um, as long as whoever is employed can do the job, then I'm happy. Well, here's the problem. Rachel Keaton has been quoted. She is the National Police Chief's Council Lead for Workforce Diversity and Representation. I mean, these people don't know how to speak English either, right? Reaching 50,000 female police officers is a really positive milestone. The Uplift programme has seen many more women apply to join policing across a range of roles and responsibilities. We welcome applications from people of all backgrounds, regardless of their age, gender, race, faith or sexual orientation. Would you mind just arresting some criminals, please? Would that be all right? Yes, I mean, it, it is good to get uh, women into all sorts of different jobs that they haven't seen that they could do before or not not the vast majority that they could do before. Um, and diversity really does matter. Having said that, um, the amount of money that's spent on diversity officers, I'm not happy at all at uh, some of my staff in City Hall having to go on some of the diversity courses mm. where they're made to feel guilty that they're, they're white, yeah. literally. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm incensed by that. And they, they are made to do the, these courses. And some of them, I think, no, you know, sometimes things go too far. And mm. in, certainly in the public sector, I really think they have. Absolutely right. And, you know, when we talk about foreign criminals and people go, you mustn't say that because that must be some kind of, you know, xenophobic statement. Well, no. I mean, we've got plenty of homegrown criminals, not pretending that people that live in this country are uh, all exactly law abiding citizens. But what we don't need to do is import crime from foreign countries. And I'm afraid whether people like it or not, Albania is known as a place uh, from whence come an awful lot of drug dealers and an awful lot of gang warfare people. And it would be fair to say that that has been a huge change in our criminal kind of um you know fraternity over the last few years well we've got to secure our borders as well Bradman says that she's going to find a way to do it i really hope that she does whoever commits commits a crime whoever they are wherever they're from whatever gender they are they need to be dealt with um far more harshly in my view than they are at the moment mm. perhaps that would be the deterrent they need well exactly i mean we had a story this this week of a of a, a migrant who got off one of the boats ended up inside the home of a woman uh pensioner uh was and was insisting that she somehow gave him a phone and got him to manchester you know i mean people and i get reports from people down on the south coast all the time where an awful lot of these boats are coming in not even being monitored by border force because they don't know where they're all landing and people are just walking into britain just on their own. Yeah, I read about that. Absolutely atrocious. And, and this is why we we need to know who is coming into the country. Mm. We need to stop the boats for the, for the people that are being trafficked. It's unfair to them as well. But equally, it's not fair to uh, people that are living on the coast that are having to deal with this. Or it's not fair that we're paying, what is it, £5 million a day to... Um, put these people in into yeah, hotels right. when we're perhaps looking um, not uplifting pensioners money i mean well pensioners are i mean this, this is one of the problems and, and a lot of people have been asking me i had a lot of people on the phone yesterday very angry many of them uh, older women who were just about to become pensioners or were already pensioners saying you know we don't even know if the triple lock is going to stay on this trust said it would but we don't know whether jeremy hunt's going to stick with that we don't even know uh, whether rishi sunak will stick with it you know there needs to be some very clear messaging it seems to me to come out of this government very very quickly doesn't it 
Yes, I think you're right, and and hopefully there will. Well, I said to you when we did Plank of the Week last week, um, we <laughs> there is a mess. We will make it was good fun. It was, wasn't uh, it? It really was. Uh, we've made a mess. We must put it right, and I do believe now we will. I'm very happy with this new cabinet, and I hope that they just look forward and really get to grips with some of these issues and the major things around our manifesto, like yeah. securing our borders, etc. Yeah, and I've been calling for a general election, right? And I'll tell you what I think now. I still think that could work, and I still think Labour could be beaten. You know, I don't think all of these people running away from the numbers and going, oh my God, you know, Labour are ahead by 30 points. The only reason that's the case is because people have got very, very disillusioned with the Tory party. Sunak needs to get to grips with the right conservatism I can't, I can't even say that people want you know strong on immigration strong on law and order strong on all of the things that the people who voted them in in 2019 want sort Brexit out properly in Northern Ireland all of that if he does it I think he beats Keir Starmer hands down um, even in a year's time well that's right and he's still wondering what a woman is I mean he couldn't even answer yesterday I saw a clip he couldn't even answer somebody who'd called in yeah. uh, to, to a, um, a station. Um, I know exactly any... which clip you're talking about. Thank you for not mentioning it. But it's a very interesting clip, isn't it? Because he cannot say whether or not he would put Eddie Izzard on an all-woman shortlist. Unbelievable. Un absolutely unbelievable. And it's and, and that is pushing women aside. Yeah. It really I mean, is. I've got, I've, I can answer that question, um, Susan. So why don't you ask me that question and I'll tell you the answer. What's the answer to that question then, Mike? Would the question, you put Eddie Izzard on an all-women's shortlist? I would not put Eddie Izzard on an all-women's shortlist. You know why? Because he's not a woman. Exactly so. <laughs> well, you and I know that. Apparently, Keir Starmer has uh, problems actually saying that. If he can't even say that, how on earth could he run our country? I know. Absolute nonsense. It is ludicrous, isn't it? I mean, with, you know, if he got in, he'd put Eddie Izzard in as uh, as Minister for Equality and Women or something and go, you know, yeah. here's, a, here's a good job for you, Eddie. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. So, so let us not think that in any way, shape or form that I've gone over to the other side because a few people have gone, have you gone mad, Mike? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, do you really want to see a Labour government? Well, no, of course I don't because they're ridiculously hopeless but this is a last chance saloon i think for rishi sunak and the tories and they've got to sort it out well i promise you they will sort it out absolutely all right uh, well su they've listen, got two years. susan great to talk to you good to see you and we'll get you back on uh, soon for plank of the week which we film uh, again this week we'll be putting another one out on friday night lovely lovely uh, list of planks this week i can tell you we've got a great lineup as well which we'll tell you more about coming up in a little while coming up though we've got lots of your calls to take so do let us know what you want this government to do because i think i know what you want angry Anne has sent me this mike lawless britain totally agree with you this government have fallen asleep at the wheel i'm sick of chit chat we want action quick and fast no more excuses no more we can't do this that or the other and as for mayor khan sack him he's good for nothing that is this program in a nutshell what we want is to see action. We do not want words anymore. We don't want platitudes. We don't want compassion. We don't want integrity. We don't want any of that. It might be useful at some point. We want action. Get on with it. Do your job. You tell us what to do one more time and we'll tell you to get out of office. Simple as that. This is Talk TV.
Welcome back to the Independent Republican, Mike Graham, right here on Talk TV. Lots going on. Uh, we're just looking at uh, a story down in uh, Thanet, the Isle of Thanet, the Manston Asylum Processing Centre, uh, where I'm told that tensions are rising. 5,000 people are expected uh, by next month to be in this facility, which was intended to hold about 1,000 people. Uh, there's all sorts of problems with uh, illegal migrants sleeping on cardboard, uh, infections of all sorts of things happening. And so we will look into that. We will be talking about that coming up a little bit later on uh, in the show as well, because the problem with the migration problem uh, is that nobody, but nobody has solved it. You might very well say that Suella Braverman coming back is some kind of breach of national security. You might say uh, that she shouldn't uh, be back in the cabinet after resigning from the last one. All I'm interested in is whether she's going to do the job. It's that simple. Can she do the job? Will she do the job? And what results will we see from her doing that job immediately? It's as simple as that. If she can't do the job, don't give it to her. If she can, give her a chance to make it work and let's see something being done. Right now, though, uh, let us speak to the Daily Mail's Robert Hardman, author of the new biography Queen of Our Times, because a fascinating thing happened this week, uh, which he's written about in the Mail today. uh, And it's all about the House of Lords, Prince Andrew, Prince Harry, King Charles, and who exactly gets to run the royal family. It's fascinating. Robert, very good morning to you. Morning, Mike. Thank you very much indeed for for joining us. This is a very what we used to call in the old days a very good spot um, of yours. About tell us what happened at the House of Lords earlier this week. Well, on Monday afternoon, while well, um, most of the world was um, fixated on the Tory leadership, um, there was a quiet exchange going on in the upper house where uh, a Labour backbench peer, Viscount Stansgate, was asking the government if there were any plans to change what's called the Regency Acts. These are um, uh, pieces of legislation that govern what happens if the king is either ill, absent or incapacitated. Mm. Um, And he was particularly interested in the fact that when when a monarch goes overseas um, and they're, you know, when, you know, when when they somehow they can't be doing the, the regular job of the monarch, they delegate um, their powers to what are called councillors of state. And these, uh, these are appointed on the basis of 80-year-old um, legislation, um, which says that they consist of the four adults most closest in, line, in the line of succession, um, plus the consort of any monarch. Um, so as things stand, that's uh, William, Harry, Andrew, and Princess Beatrice. Mm. Um, and if the monarch goes away, then at least two of those have to be on standby to sign any emergency crisis at any minute. Um, and it's happened before. Um, and so what Lord Stansgate was asking quite sensibly is, well, this has got to change, hasn't it? Because of those uh, four, um, uh, you've got the, the Duke of Sussex has uh, retired, as it well, moved away from royal life and left the country. And the Duke of York is, has been uh, forcibly um, kicked out of mm. public life. Uh, and Princess Beatrice is obviously a, 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 a private citizen um, who, who may or may not be around mm. um, as and when uh, needed. Um, so uh, it just it, it raised the question of what do we do now? And what was so interesting is normally the government, anybody in the, either the Lords or the Commons, asks about, uh, asks about uh, anything family the standard reply is uh, we don't discuss the mm. royal family but uh, that the leader of the lords Lord true instead um yesterday talked about how um he quoted georgia six saying from time to time these things do need to be looked at and um and he ended up by saying that the point of accession is often a good time 
to consider these issues, which yes. is near as damn it to the government saying, up, you know, stand by, uh, um, watch this space. Um, so, you know, it's, I, I think it's a perfectly uh, legitimate question, and I think they've got a perfectly pragmatic and sensible answer, which is that rather than fiddle around with the laws of succession and look as though they're picking on um, uh, the Dukes of Sussex and York, um, just extend the list of those who are eligible to mm. stand in as councillors of state. You right. do that, and you can suddenly you can appoint, you know, the Princess Royal, the Earl of Wessex, um, both of whom are, 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 you know, regarded. I think the public would be entirely yes. happy. To, to and is those. the list then in any particular order, or who chooses which one of them would take it's, over? It's down. It's down to the king. I mean, it, like all these things, uh, the, the glory. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Because of our unwritten constitution is, is it uh, adjusted, um, and it was adjusted. I mean, it was last adjusted in 1953, after the Queen came to the throne. Um, and at the time, the the, the the laws said that only the consort of the monarch can be a councillor of state, and they they issued, they inserted a, a tiny clause that uh, to include the Queen Mother, mm. so that she could still stand in while her daughter was away, and, and she did on many occasions, and, and on, on a particular occasion in 1974. Yeah. When Britain really was in a crisis, I mean, everything was falling apart. Uh, the, the miners were on strike. The lights were going out, and, um, and and we needed to declare a state of emergency. And the Queen, as it happened, was on tour in Australia at the time, so it fell the Princess Margaret, the Queen Mother, uh, between them to because you always have to have two councillors of state standing in for mm. one woman. Uh, it was the, uh, the as I said, Princess Margaret and Queen Mother who 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 signed the document, and then the next day Heath called an election, so they had. To, <laughs> Parliament. So, you know, it can suddenly come to it that we need this stuff done quickly. Yes. And it's very important that the monarchy is there to ensure smooth government. You can't have the entire 
running of the state being held up because uh, because you know you can't find a, a member of the royal no, family. No, quite. And certainly yeah, in these, it's, it's in a these, sensible solution. In these febrile times, you never know when you're going to be called on to form a government. Yes. It could happen any second. You know, <laughs> it's been happening quite a lot oh, lately. As we've seen, yes. Yeah, absolutely right. And was I was it not the case that after the Queen died and when conversations were being had about the new king and what he would do and think things that he wanted to do, this was one of them, wasn't it? He oh. wanted to sort of yeah. get into the accession act and, and possibly fiddle around with it. I, well, I, I don't think he really wants to fiddle around with it. I think I think what was being looked at certainly uh, in the summer, um, you know, uh, when, when when Her Majesty was still very much with us, um, you know, then there was still the prospect of what happens. Um, and at the time, you know, the Queen was was occasionally when she had a, 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 a episodic immobility issues. Uh, as called, you know, there were, there were moments when this might become a real issue then. Um, and, and it was being looked at then. And, and, and again, the same sort of uh, solution, the same plan was, was being examined. And this was done entirely with her uh, um, understanding and approval mm. uh, to, to extend the, 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 the potential pool of councillors of state. So, uh, you know, this, this, this idea uh, certainly had her blessing. And I think it's just, uh, it's, again, it's an example of, of, of sort of sensible smooth transition mm. um, but it was interesting that it, it just sort of tumbled out in the House of Lords uh, on, a, on a quiet afternoon and they're now saying nothing more on the subject nor is the palace mm. which is what one would expect yeah. but don't forget I mean you know he, Prince Charles sorry here we go again King Charles see I'm glad you do uh, that because I still do uh, it and yeah. I always feel like <laughs> oh, God you know yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, 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 I mean you know sorry but um, you know for a, 70, a 70 year reign doesn't just you know you can't just sort of not remember that no like, Exactly. Uh, um, but no, you know, fairly shortly, uh, we will be hearing plans for the king's um, overseas travel. Um, yeah. Obviously, he's consolidating, uh, getting things in order here. Um, but it's always very much the case that, you know, new monarchs uh, are, are wanted overseas. Mm. People want to see them. He's king of 14 other countries other than this one, for mm. starters. Um, some of them will want to see him. The Commonwealth, he's now head of the Commonwealth. So there are. There are uh, visits there, and 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 and, and you know, there's, there's quite still a lot of you know top level diplomacy uh, required. Um, uh, you know, the king will, will need to be here and there overseas, and when mm. and, and as soon as those visits are announced, then next comes the question: Well, what happens while he's away? So yeah. this this issue does need to be resolved. Absolutely. And just one final thing: I'm told he's appearing, King Charles, tonight on a special edition of the Repair Shop. Uh, which I must confess I haven't seen, BBC One 8pm, in which he takes a couple of items, a bracelet and a clock, to be restored. Um, it was suggested to me maybe you should take a couple of those pens along that didn't work terribly well. <laughs> well, I, I, I did notice it in the early, early yes, the, the famous pen incident. Yeah. Um, both occasions happened with pens that weren't his. He was sort of handed <laughs> these pens that didn't work properly. So I, I was intrigued on, 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 on the third occasion he was required to sign something live on TV. I was there in Wales and he did it. He, uh, he he ignored the official pen and produced one from his pocket. <laughs> so I, I think I think Pengate is now resolved. Yes, very good. Well, listen, a great piece today, Robert. Thank you very much indeed for that. And and uh, your new book, uh, Queen of Our Times, available now. Uh, he's the author of that. Daily Mail's Robert Hardman. Of course, you can find his piece in the paper today as well, page nineteen. How an obscure question in the House of Lords revealed a palace plan to sideline Harry and Andrew. Uh, we've got much more coming up, including, of course. What is exactly going on inside of Downing Street? We're going to be taking uh, stock with a former government special advisor, Leon Emirali, who's going to be joining me next on Talk TV. Online, on DAB+, Talk Radio and Talk TV.
Good morning and welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. Uh, it is a new day, it is a new dawn. We've had a lot of those lately, but this one really uh, is another new one. Rishi Sunak's first full day as Prime Minister of this great nation of ours. He's brought uh, a cabinet in place which looks like something from Back to the Future, uh, pretty similar to the people that were in charge from 2019 uh, when Boris Johnson won a landslide victory uh, of 80 over the Labour Party uh, who are still struggling uh, to win a bowl of fruit at a fruit bowl winning contest. Here's the thing, Keir Starmer is not the man that should lead this country. I'm calling for a general election, not least because I think the people need to be able to give their view on what they want. The people of this country are sick to death of being told by politicians what to do, where to do it, who to do it with and when to do it. We want them to fix things. We want them to do things. We want them to do what we have asked them to do, which is to make our borders strong, to stop illegal migration, to forget about this green net zero nonsense, to also make sure uh, that the streets of this country are safe. We don't want to see people being shot dead on the streets of Ilford. We don't need to see uh, drug gangs racing around uh, on the A50 up in North Wales, where they're cutting each other up, uh, getting out of cars, fighting with each other. What we don't want to see is old age pensioners being killed in their own homes uh, by scumbags who happen to think that they want some money, so they're going to go and take it. It's absolutely unbelievable. We need strong police, we need strong borders, we need a strong foreign policy, we need a decent and strong Prime Minister who gets things done. And Rishi Sunak has got a chance, maybe the last chance for the Tory party, to actually get on with something, prove that he's a doer and not just a thinker. All of this talk about compassion and integrity is all very well. But let us please see some action. A man who likes a bit of action is Lee Anderson, Conservative MP for Ashfield, good friend of this show. Uh, Lee, a very good morning to you. Welcome. Good morning, Michael. It's good to be back on. Thank you very much for talking to us. Another big day for the Tories. I mean, I think you can probably say that Rishi Sunak has kind of rescued the party from the brink. It was literally teetering on the edge of the volcano. I think he's pulled it back. But we want to see some action, Lee, I think. I, um, I hope so, Mark. I think we've got a chance now to see, hopefully, the real Rishi. Obviously, I didn't back him through the leadership election. But, you know, let's cut him some slack. He is a leader. We seem to be united again. Things are a lot happier in that place behind me. People are, you know, people are positive. And like you just said before, Mike, uh, we need to get back to basics in this country, secure our borders, make sure our streets are safe, make sure people can afford their mortgages, make sure people can feel safe in their own homes. And like I say, we've got to give Rishi a chance. I think it is last chance alone. The thing that scares me uh, more than anything is the prospect of, of a Labour government. Look, I sit in there every single day and I see the opposition benches. I mm. see what the public can't see and believe me if they could see and hear what I see in that chamber they would be scared to death. Well I was talking to uh, Susan Hall from London Assembly this morning and we were marvelling at the uh, interview conducted by Keir Starmer about all women's shortlists and about whether he would put Eddie Izzard on one. He couldn't answer the question, uh, he wouldn't answer the question, he refused to talk about individual cases um, but the answer is pretty obvious isn't it, you wouldn't do it. Well, I, I don't know where Labour stand with this all in shortlist, Mark. I, I thought they'd scrapped it. I think they've got 51% of their MPs now in Parliament are females. Now, if Eddie Izzard gets elected, I don't know whether that increases or decreases the percentage because, I mean, I'm not sure what he's all about. Keir Starmer is not sure what he's all about. And you know what? The old traditional working-class Labour voters will take a look at Eddie Izzard and think, well, you know, really? Uh, is that what's coming to Parliament? I think it just opens a whole new debate, mate. And, and I, I'm going to be honest now, controversial, um, as always. If he does get elected, and I'm still here, 
I shouldn't be following him into the toilets. <laughs> well, exactly right. I mean, the bottom line is, right, that if you've got a policy that people can understand, you might get elected. But if you've got a policy that nobody can understand, you're never going to win anything. Well, they've got to have policies full stop, Mike. They haven't got any policies. The reason we're so far behind at the moment is, or previous to Rishi coming in, is it were there was an infight in the Tory party. Let's not let's not be um, let's not be uh, let's be honest about it. Mm. We're, we've had two, two leadership elections. A lot has happened, but now we've got to get behind the prime minister, give him a chance. Like I say, like I say, let's see if we can seal the real Rishi. Let's see if he's a man of action. I hope he is. He says all the right things. He's been saying the right things. It certainly feels a lot better in that place over there and let's give him that six months to a year to try and turn things around look i think the markets are stabilizing already people are feeling a little bit more secure it's going to be here it's going to be two years before a general election we've got to give him a chance yeah and what about uh, the return of of some of the big beasts from uh, from the previous uh, sort of boris johnson cabinet you know there's already some controversy about suella braverman coming back uh, we've got michael gove back in there oliver dowden's back in there you know it's a sort of back to the future look isn't it well, he can't beat a bit of Gove, I always say that. He's, uh, he's great at this matchbox. He's probably one of the most talented uh, politicians and, and best speakers we have. You know, when he gets up and speaks in the chamber, people tend to listen. And I've been hearing this uh, Suella stuff over the past 24 hours. Look, the only people that's, uh, that's uh, a bit agitated, would I say, Mike, over what's happened over the past week with Suella, is some parts of the, as I'll describe them, the gutter media, uh, at the BBC, uh, The Guardian, uh, some of the lefties and, and Labour Party. Nobody else is talking about it. Nobody else gives a chuff, really. No. I mean, I'm told there might be an urgent question coming this afternoon from Labour because they're obviously trying to say that by virtue of picking her, putting her back in, uh, that somehow Rishi well, Sunak's look, but, but, let, let, let me just interject there, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Let, let me interrupt there. Look, this is, this is a Labour Party. They keep coming in with these silly, urgent questions. This is the same Labour Party. Let's be honest. They're moaning about our Home Secretary. This is the same Labour Party that want to dine Abbott to be the Home Secretary of this country. This is somebody who couldn't even tell you what a policeman earned. Yeah, well, she couldn't even tell the time at one point, but that's another story. Um, let me ask you about the crime wave in this country, because we do have a problem. We've got, you know, you and I share uh, the view that we should be cracking down on illegal migration on the south coast of this country. But also, we need to be cracking down on what is now an increasingly lawless uh, Britain, where we've got people being shot dead in Ilford in Essex because of a gang fight, guys running around in Joker masks. We've got yeah. an incredible piece of footage this morning uh, from the A55 up in North Wales, where a drug gang are chasing a guy in a van. Uh, they literally, you know, go in and out. It's like something out of Miami Vice. They're in and out of traffic. Uh, they're stopping cars. Eventually, they get out of the cars. They're fighting on the street. I mean, there's not a police officer in sight. It's, it's, it's like the Wild West in some parts. I think, uh, I mean, I've got a lot of respect for the police, Mark. I do work very closely with, with our local police force back in Ashfield and, and, and Nottinghamshire in general. But look, I think there's a culture now. I think uh, this policing con by consent, it doesn't always work. We've got to get tougher. We've got to get, you know, back in the day, this wouldn't have happened. That, you know, the police were out there. They were doing, going about their business. They didn't need a degree uh, to be a police officer. Mm. They didn't need to be, you know, a, a friend to all people and be doing the, like I said before, doing the Macarena, being nice, dancing in the streets. It's about time we had some good old-fashioned, good old-fashioned coppering back mm. on the streets uh, and send the fear of God into these some, some of these thugs. Yeah, because when you talk to your uh, constituents, Lee, uh, back in Ashfield, what do they say to you are the most important things that they want fixing? Because whenever we talk to our, our constituents here at Talk TV, it's migration, it's crime, it's law and order, and it's the cost of living. Yeah. 
I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Mark, with all four. Look, people want to feel safe on the streets. No, nobody in this country should feel unsafe going out of the shops or going about the business. I'm a landlocked um, constituency in Ashfield, very landlocked, uh, but the small boats, the immigration, come up every single day. We've seen at the weekend, I think 50 of these so-called uh, asylum seekers, as soon as they dropped on the beach, they run off, they mm. scarpered. They're not genuine asylum seekers if no. they get here um, um, and scarper and they're dashing into people's houses trying to use a phone. I wish we'd get to off a market. We're on this show no end of times now about the illegals. I mean, uh, if I was Home Secretary for a day, you know what I'd do. I'd send them straight back. Yeah, maybe you can get yourself in there as a minister. That's what I would support, certainly. And, uh, you know, we, we, we'd all be behind you, Lee. Uh, I'll start the campaign now. Thank you very much indeed. Enjoy the day. Lee Anderson, Conservative MP for Ashfield. A lot of people saying, why didn't he run for Prime Minister? He's very tough. Well, he is. He's tough on crime, tough on the causes of crime. You might remember that phrase from the Tony Blair era. But we really need to see some action now, don't we? Let's hear from some of you. 0344 499 1000. Sean is in Northampton. Hello, Sean. Hello, uh, Mike. This is getting like a daily occurrence now, isn't it? <laughs> what, can, what can I do for you today? Well, I've been listening since 6 o'clock and all this um, backlash about as well of Braverman and that. Can we kind of find out who this backlash is from? I mean, probably Keir Starmer. Probably. Because he's got nothing else to talk about. I, th- I think about. it's Yvette Cooper who's making most of the noise on it. Is it really? Yeah. Well, I'm trying to work out if there's anybody in my world that gives a monkey mm. what she'd done last week. No, they as don't. As long as she gets immigration down, as long as she gets the police and the criminal justice system sorted out, I'm sure that many, many people uh, will be very happy with her. But I think the most important thing today is that I think, for the first time anyway, for the last three or four years, to me, it looks like we've got a Prime Minister and it looks like we've got a Cabinet um, that might just be told by the Prime Minister either join me or go away. Yes. I think he's fixed on what he wants to do. I don't think he's going to take all the internal rubbish from mm. Keir Starmer. And if Starmer really thinks that the biggest thing at PMQs today is going to be talking about Braverman coming back after he's on him, then that man really is never, ever going to get into power. No. So he can shout for as many elections as he wants. Yeah. He'll uh, never get there. No, I, get there. I think that's absolutely right. I think you've got it spot on, Sean. Thank you very much indeed. This whole Suella Braverman business is a nonsense. Now, as you heard from our uh, special advisor, who was in yes, uh, just a little bit before the, uh, the top of the hour, there is sometimes, unfortunately in Westminster, um, what they call the way the wind is blowing. And if you've got a weak Prime Minister like Liz Truss, when somebody kicks off, she just fades away into the background and does what they want. I don't think Rishi Sunak will do that. But the trouble is, you've got to watch the media, you've got to watch the Labour Party, you've got to watch the opposition, because what they do is they feed off what they think is something they can create as a scandal, turn it into something, and eventually lead to the minister, in this case, Suella Braverman, resigning. Well, I hope that doesn't happen, because Braverman needs to do her job. And her job is to get law and order sorted in this country. Her job is to get the migrants sorted on the south coast of this country so that people can sleep easily in their homes without fear that they're going to have somebody break in and kill them or somebody break in and ask to borrow their phone because they've just got off a dinghy. You know, this cannot go on in this country. Richard's in Truro. He said, I had an email from the Conservatives today asking me how I would have voted. I responded, why should I vote now when it makes no difference? I feel I've been a victim of fraud. You've taken my money, which I paid to enable me to vote, and you've stolen my vote. I think that's very, very interesting indeed. Uh, How about this from uh, Emma, who says, I love listening to tough-talking Lee Anderson. If only all Tory MPs were like him, I could imagine myself supporting them if they all had his mindset. Well, that's the message from the people The people want action. The people want something done. Here at the Independent Republic of Mike Graham, that's what we do. And you know that that makes sense. 
This is Talk TV. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. People have had to record uh, incidents with the police because of migrants who have come into their homes and asked to use phones and been threatening and basically putting people's safety in danger. This is a problem that has to be stopped. We've been saying it for months and months and months, probably years, for heaven's sake. Uh, Let's talk to Tony and find out what is going on. Tony, very good morning to you. Morning, Mike. Thanks very much indeed. I saw you last night. Um, I wanted to get you guys back on uh, and just reiterate what you'd said, because obviously, you know, it has now reached the point where people are being... um, concerned about the numbers coming not just not just the numbers but but what happens to people when they get here the fact that many of them are just wandering around really without any supervision whatsoever yeah it's a real problem mike um uh, the Jetfoil and manston are now completely overrun um manston was supposed to be the answer for the onshore reception uh, with a thousand spaces available for migrants to be processed, screened by the Border Force and Immigration Enforcement Biometrics, taken proper checks, and then moved on. But unfortunately, that hasn't proved to be enough. We're hearing reports of upwards of three or 4,000 now at uh, Manston. Mm. We don't have enough Border Force or Immigration Enforcement officers to properly patrol that area. Kent police are constantly being called in. I'm worried for my former colleagues, for their health and safety. Uh, people are being bitten. Um, there are fights breaking out between the migrants who are getting frustrated mm. because they, they aren't being moved through the system as quickly as they'd hoped for. So not only do we have a very big problem on the maritime, uh, Mike, which we've spoken before uh, about, but also in terms of what to do with the migrants yeah. when they finally get ashore and how we're um, actually screening them and moving them on. I mean, one of the things that perhaps might be a good result of that is that if they can pass the word back to their mates in Calais and say, you know, that that story that they told you about coming to Britain and getting put up in a hotel, it's not happening because we're not getting moved to hotels and we're still stuck in this detention centre, which is smelly and overrun and horrible. Maybe they won't come in as many numbers, but I guess that's just wishful thinking on my part. Well, I think we do need to talk about how we can discourage people from taking these journeys, Mike. We've spoken about this before. The old, whole point about Rwanda was, although it's been much criticised by a great many people, it was the only place where we could say we could legitimately, if you like, the courts would let us uh, take people to where they could claim mm. asylum because we can't send them back to France. And many of them, as you know, won't take them back even if they refuse yeah. asylum. So the message going to the migrants is that all you need to do is get within British territory waters and your home dry excuse the pun uh, you will be allowed to stay but the difficulty is now is well where are they going to go the hotels are filling up mm. the local authorities aren't clambering over themselves to take migrants into the communities and there's a real worry that we're just going to simply be re- releasing a large number of people into the communities uh, without anywhere to go and uh, largely not properly screened and i think that's a real worry for border security in this country it really is i mean a lot of people have said to me rishi sunak hasn't said much about uh, immigration hasn't said much about borders let's just have a look at what he did say yesterday i will deliver on its promise a stronger nhs better schools safer streets control of our borders now, he says control of our borders, Tony, and we've heard it all before, haven't we? I mean, I said this morning, what we need now from a, the Prime Minister that's in power is proper action. Suella Braverman is back in the Home Office. We need to see something being done straight away, don't we? 
Yeah, I had a look at his 10-point uh, plan. Um, I, I don't know if you did look through what he said. There's nothing really very new there. There are a few novel ideas like having a, a more effective uh, task force, which mm. might be multi-agency rather than just us. I think that would be helpful. Um, there's something about uh, Rwanda getting that going again. But for me, this is about returns. And how are we going to start removing people again, Mike? Because if you don't ever send anybody back, you can't claim mm. to have control of your borders. So they do need to talk to the French, uh, like it or like it not. And we do need to accommodation with them. And I've said before, at operational level, uh, in my time anyway, and I'm sure it's still the case, we had a very good working relationship with the PATH. Mm. They don't like smugglers, they don't like criminals, and they certainly don't like large numbers of irregular migrants around the Pas de Calais. Um, and so they want to stop the boats as much as we do. But this is a political impasse in terms of not having a returns agreement. And I think Macron's position is this is a, U a UK-EU agreement that needs to be struck. And when you get to Brussels, there are going to be strings attached. Mm. And I think there will be strings from Brussels about all kinds of things like the Northern Ireland Protocol and other related issues. So we're ending up negotiating over something that should be a no-brainer, yes. Mike. We should be agreeing to stop smuggling across two civilised countries. People drown. If fueling migration and illegal migration and crime should be a joint purpose that we should agree with the EU and we should we need an action plan urgently. So it's not just the home office, I think our, our full wealth of diplo, 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 diplomatic department, the foreign office need to get out there and talk to other countries, not just the EU, but source and transit countries about getting people sent back. Mm. Because when you guys are down at the airport with your cameras and they start to see people being loaded onto planes and removed from this country because they haven't been allowed in, that is the biggest deterrent of all. Yeah. But as you know, Mike, we haven't been able to remove anybody from the country for some time now, particularly the people coming on the small boats. These are largely because we've reached an international impasse that they need to overcome. So I'm afraid, although, you know, uh, Rishi Sunak and Suella Braverman have got very bold ideas, I think they're going to need to get involved much more mm. heavily in the international community because borders are two-way streets and we need to find a way of working with international partners to stop these boats. Yeah, absolutely right. And 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 I mean, we're not the only victims here because you've got Italy, uh, which has a massive problem with people. Greece has got a problem as well. Spain. I mean, any Mediterranean country that has, um, you know, a border with the sea, if you like, is likely to have loads and loads of migrants. It's actually even more dangerous because they come on bigger boats in bigger numbers from North Africa um, into those islands on the south of, of Greece and in the south of Italy. Yeah, there's a something like an 85% increase across the MedMites, mm. latest figures from Frontex. So those numbers are going up. I'm sure some of those people will be heading for the UK, heading for Calais, because, of course, as you know, uh, that the, the European Schengen zone is borderless. So once they're into the EU, uh, and if they're not detained, then they can make their way up to Calais. So that is a problem. The Americans are telling me they, they estimate 2 million uh, this yeah. year, Mike, on the southern border. That is an all-time record. We all know the history of the U.S. southern border with Mexico. There's been movies made about that, but they're yeah. talking about two million now. So oh, it's shocking. So massive movement of people going on, Mike. Yeah. And the international community needs to find a way of stopping it. Absolutely right. And just for good measure, apparently there's a Christmas border force strike looming. Uh, apparently 3,500 border force immigration enforcement and visa officers from the ISU union threatening industrial action, uh, which presumably would not only lead to lengthy queues at the airports, uh, over Christmas, but also a screw up whatever it is they're trying to do on the South Coast. 
Well, I was there, Mike, when the ISU was formed, and the ISU was formed specifically because the Public and Commercial Services Union were calling us out on strike, and we felt a very serious sense of public duty Mm. that we would not, under any circumstances, walk away from the border. And despite all the problems, I still think that should be the case with the ISU. There are other measures they can take. I know they're not happy about a number of things, as many public servants are, so there are things they could do like work to rule, but I urge my former colleagues, please do not go on strike do not walk away from the border your role is to protect the public i know it's really hard out there now with all of the problems that we've got but i hope they don't take up this offer and i hope the isu and the home secretary can come to a sensible accommodation that that doesn't happen mike and that they don't go on strike absolutely right tony i would endorse that wholeheartedly thank you very much for talking to us tony smith former head of the uk border force there uh, on rishi sunak's pledge to sort out the borders, to create uh, borders that actually work. Well, will he? And he needs to do it soon. Suella Braverman is charged with that as well. Uh, we'll take your calls, 0344 499 1000. Um, Hill says this, as you're discussing the migrant crisis, my view would be, why can't we send them over to the Falklands? It's a British colony. It's not against their human rights. They can all be processed over there instead of over in Rwanda. And it's going to be a very long boat ride for them to come back. Very true. Very true. We have many, many solutions to this problem. If only the government would listen. This is Talk TV. Talk radio across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio via DAB online or via the Talk Radio app. And if you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us on 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.